Steve Hankey, professor of applied economics at Johns Hopkins University, is back to give us his year-end forecast for 2021 on gold, the commodities, stocks, and the economy. Professor Hankey, welcome back to the show. Good to be with you, David. Let's start with the commodities and offline. You were telling me that we're about to start a new super cycle. Can you explain what that means and why? Yes, and uh, in, in the in the past few years, commodity prices have really, uh, in general, been beat up, uh, and some of them have been really absolutely annihilated. And when that happens, what what you get, you you start running down inventories. A, a lot of producers actually go to the wall and shut down. So supply gets very constrained, inventories are very low. And then as the economy starts kicking in and, and moving forward, commodity prices go way up and, and you, you do start a super cycle. And I think we are seeing the initial signs that that might be in the wind. If you look at some of the commodities I like to look at are, a lot of people think they're maybe a little bit exotic, but they're the ones that are give you the insight into, into when, when one of these super cycles are really cranked up. In the last quarter, nickel has increased 22% in price. Molybdenum has increased 18%. Uh, lithium carbonate, uh, 25%. Aluminum, 19%. Uh, antimony, 19%. Silicon metal, 15%. Magnesium, 26%. And my favorite, of course, I, because I'm involved in producing ferro-vanadium at the Advanced Metallurgical Group, that, that's up 8%. So watching these very carefully, you can see they're all coming off the bottom uh, with substantial strength after being totally wiped out in the past year and a half or two. And I think there that's the sign. Now, that, that's on the supply side. Inventories are low, and, 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 uh, et cetera, et cetera. So on the demand side, you, you always have to have a model for national income determination. And the national income determination means how fast is the nominal GDP going to grow? Yeah. And the nominal GDP includes a real component and an inflation component. And, and that's all very closely geared to the growth rate in the broad money supply in the economy. At present, the only place you can get a reliable indicator for broad money is the Center for Financial Stability in New York. Uh, Professor Bill Barnett measures this very accurately and what's something very sophisticated thing called Divisia M4, Divisia M4, Center for Financial Stability. You don't Professor, look at Federal Reserve data, Professor? It's not, it's, it's junk. It, it's, it's not as good. The, 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 you, you don't, the, and, and they're having all kinds of problems redefining money supply and everything else in the, at the Fed right now, which is another separate issue. Don't waste your time. Go to the Center for Financial Stability, Professor Barnett's numbers, a Divisia M4. Divisia M4, the broad money, is growing at 27.7% per annum. They're goosing this thing big time. And, and that means nominal GDP will, will be goosed and, at big time. Now, Nominal GDP includes that real and inflation component, and the, and the real component is 
is in fact very constrained. The real economy can only grow so fast. And let's say, even if it's 4%, subtract 4% from 27.4, people can get their pencil out and do the arithmetic and, and you end up with a, 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 a lot of inflation surge in the economy. That's, that is very much consistent or shall we say compatible correlates with a super cycle. We're, we're going to have more inflation. We're going to have more okay. inflation. That's, that's always good for commodities. And we'll also probably have a continued weakness of the dollar. The dollar has gotten a little weaker since we last were speaking with you. Uh, I think the last time against the euro was about 118. It's about 122 today. So, yeah. so it's, it's gotten a little weaker and it'll, it'll stay a little on the weak side. So if you put all that together, more inflation, more economic growth, supply that's been con very constrained, inventories that are very down, all of that's a formula to crank up the commodity market. Why do you think the economy is going to grow? Uh, you just mentioned that uh, uh, you said that GDP is going to get goosed up by an increase in the money supply. Is productivity and output, are those actually going to increase and improve as well, Professor? Well, uh, they, they probably will improve slightly because as economic growth increases and, and is more robust, you, you always get a little bit of a productivity pop. And the, and the reason for that is that, you know, if demand is hot, you're, you're using capacity at a hot rate. It, it's, it's better than if you're running slack. If you're running slack and and, and a worker is, is kind of taking a long lunch break and really only working six hours a day versus a hot capacity utilization where he's working eight hours a day, you get increase in productivity because, because everybody's more fully engaged, more, in, more intense. So I would anticipate as growth picks up, we'll get a, 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 you know, a little bump up in, in productivity. Okay. How do you see the jobs market, Professor? I ask this because uh, offline we're talking about the Phillips curve. Now, some economists I've spoken to and analysts have said that unemployment is likely to remain high. Now, as you know, the Phillips curve states that there's an inverse relationship as unemployment is high, inflation is likely to decrease. The Phillips curve, you know, you, you, you learn that it's in all the economics textbooks, point number one. Point number two, the journalists repeat this ad nauseum, uh, uh, and, 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 and when you repeat it in, in the press, it's like an echo chamber. Everybody is echoing the same thing. Sure. There's this one problem. The, the Phillips curve is rubbish and, and should have been trashed a long time ago, or there should have been warning sign, signs put up in the textbooks. Just let me give you two examples. That, about that inverse relationship. Look, look at the 70s in the United States where, where you had stagflation. Remember stagflation? Sure. You had increasing unemployment and increasing inflation. Well, that's, that's contrary to the Phillips curve kind of thing. Look at, look at the last period prior to the pandemic with, with the Trump economy. We, had, we, we reached a record low in unemployment 
and, and prices were absolutely flat. We, we had no inflation. Everyone was wringing our hands at the Fed because we didn't have enough inflation, even though we had record low unemployment. So, so it's unfortunate. It's the same. It's a 95% rule, David. 95% of what you read in the financial press is either wrong or irrelevant. And this Phillips curve thing is wrong okay. and irrelevant. All right. Well, so you think inflation is going to happen next year. What about the jobs market? You think the jobs market will improve? I, I, I think as the, as the economy comes back, the, the, the jobs market will probably come back. Now, I say probably, and I hesitate there. The reason why if they're still handing out these stimulus checks and paying people more to stay home than go back to work, they'll stay home. We, we went through this a few months ago. When, when the stimulus checks ran out and people stopped being paid more to stay home than go to work, they went back to work. So if, if the stimulus checks dry up and the economy starts coming back, People will go back to work and the job market will be pretty strong and, and unemployment will come down. Uh, Professor, what about the stock market now? You were talking about fiscal stimulus. The market participants were depending on fiscal stimulus to drive the equities markets higher. Where do you see stocks headed for the next uh, three months or so? I think stocks will, will stay on the bid side, stay robust. Uh, and the reason for that is pretty simple. We have real interest rates that are actually negative right now. Nominal rates are very low. They will stay very low. And in that, in that environment, multiples of stock stay very high. So, so the stock market will, will, stay, will stay bid. And, and, and I, think, I think we'll continue to be on the strong side. Now, when you, you mentioned the stimulus, it's very interesting. If we look at the gold market, the gold market is very sensitive to the stimulus. And uh, Abe Kaufness and I, we, we, you and I have discussed this. We, we, we do what's called text mining. We're, we're yes. mining the, the text, the, the, the news that's coming out. Literally now we can do it on an hourly basis. So we're looking at intraday what's going on and whether the markets are, what the, whether the market information put out in the press is either bullish or bearish on gold. And, and right now it's fluctuating hour to hour almost between bullish and bearish. The market's very confused. So when they think the stimulus is coming, it gets bullish, a little bullish. And then they, and then they cool off on the thing. And, and, and then the stories start coming out a little bearish. The market's kind of confused in, in gold it's kind of indifferent about the stimulus, can't make up its mind about whether the vaccine's gonna work and the economy is gonna come roaring back or the vaccine isn't gonna work, the economy won't come back, et cetera, et cetera. So the gold market's in a holding pattern short-term, long-term, given what I told you about increasing inflation and the increases in the money supply, it looked pretty positive for gold. Gold's going up. Okay, so gold's going up with, along with the uh, rest of the commodities in the uh, broader super cycle, is what you're saying. I, I think the, I think it will. Yes. Okay. Now I, I know you're an expert in geopolitics, so I have a few questions regarding geopolitics for you. But just over the weekend, Trump added a few more companies to his uh, 
entity list, the companies that he deems to be a national security risk and should be banned from the United States. DJI, the maker of drones, is one of them. And so you know, uh, what I'd like to know is even towards the end of the year, we're still seeing escalations in the trade wars. Can this be reversed with Biden or not? I, I, what I think what we'll see is the rhetoric in the Biden administration vis-a-vis -vis China will, will, will change. In other words, uh, particularly with Secretary Pompeo was you know, very aggressive against China, and even more so than, than the President Trump. You, you will see that, that kind of bombastic rhetoric go to the sidelines. The reality, however, the rhetoric will change, but the reality will not change with Biden. The policies, I think, will stay pretty much what, they're, what we're seeing right now. And the main reason for that, you have to realize China is run by the Communist Party, and, 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 and they have a course set. It's like a big super tanker. You, you, don't, you don't change directions in a super tanker very rapidly. So China is not going to be changing, no matter what the U.S. does. It's going to keep going. And therefore, I think the reaction on the U.S. side and the Biden administration, in reality, will be almost exactly what the Trump administration has been embracing. So you don't think the Democrats are going to try to be uh, more open to trade and reverse some of these protectionist measures, like tariffs? No. Okay. So uh, tailwinds from geopolitics, then. We wouldn't expect any to boost stocks from, the, from this year. Any positive news coming out of the world that you might be looking forward to? Well, the biggest positive news is if this damn pandemic goes away. That's the biggest news that could come out. You, you, you can see what's just going on in Britain today. I mean, they're, they're, the, the cases have, have spiked up. They've gone into a heavy-duty lockdown in London, and, and people are absolutely panicked trying to get out of London. The, he, he, all the airports are packed. The rails are packed. The, 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 the highways are packed. It, it, it's panic time. If, if that goes away, meaning the pan pandemic abates, we, we will see a, a big change in confidence in general, a big reduction in uncertainty throughout the world. That, that would be the biggest news. What's interesting to me is that China, the source of the virus, has already opened up their economy, whereas in the West, like you said, London's back in lockdown, cases in the United States are still rising. Like, how, what, what is it that... How has the West not caught up in this regard in terms of recovery? What have they done wrong? I think you and I have spoken about some policy measures uh, in the past, but can you recap some well, of I, I think I think the big thing is that uh, there have been what I call kind of thoughtless lockdowns and, and, and thoughtless policy. You've, you've had 10 million experts in the United States in epidemiology running around saying this, that, and the other thing. No one has ever really balanced the whole thing out. I'm not saying, by the way, that China necessarily has. But in, in the West, it's been a pretty chaotic, uninformed set of experts giving policy to, uh, of course, politicians who are even less informed. And, and so you've, you've just had everything from A to Z 
coming into the policy picture and, and, they, and changing policy almost every day. So that, that's, the, that's, that's the problem. I mean, it's, they, they don't give one the impression that they know what they're doing. So let's recap your uh, economic forecast. Rising inflation, improving job market, decreasing dollar, everything good for gold and commodities. And the stock markets are likely to stay buoyant for uh, at least the foreseeable future. Exactly. And, and, on, and on commodities, I would just add, David, that it, it, we could be seeing, and I think we are seeing, the start of a commodity super cycle. Not, not just strong commodities, but but maybe big time, maybe big time. Big commodity super cycle. Thank you very much, uh, Professor Anki. That was a great update and uh, happy holidays. Merry Christmas to you and happy new year. Well, and, and the same to you, David, and your colleagues at Kitco. Thank you very much. It's a pleasure to have spoken with you several times this year, and I look forward to many more next year. Thank you for watching Kitco News. I'm David Lin. Right now in the commodity cycle.